Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you this afternoon, whatever it is, I want to talk to you about covenant living. Amen. Covenant living. Because I have noticed that, you know, you can't preach the Bible or teach the Bible outside of the contents of which it was written, out of the purpose of which the grounds with the words were given that are recorded. You know, we could preach about this and preach about that. Okay, but what are we preaching it based upon that gives us the right to believe it, amen, and give us the strength to believe it. And sometimes you can preach to somebody and they say, okay, all right, but they don't really have strength to believe because it's not founded on the truth or it's not founded on the obligation. I don't think we know that God, he, you know, he's God, but no, God is obligated, amen. And we understand that God is obligated, that gives strength to your faith. You know, where if it's a, um, you know, you need faith in the areas with dealing with your children, the faith in the areas of finance, no matter what it is, it gives you strength to your faith. And Jesus is saying to them, he says that he don't, he don't want your faith to be weak. You've got to know how to practice your faith. You've got to know how to discipline your faith. But your faith has to rest on something. Amen. So let's go over here to the book of Ephesians in chapter 2. The book of Ephesians in chapter 2. Man, I'm sensing increase going to just invade people's homes right now. I'm just seeing it happening. You, you thought you'd seen something. You ain't seen nothing yet. Now, I'm speaking about you personally. I ain't talking about me. I ain't, I'm talking about increased international as, you know, as being corporate. But I'm talking about as you individual. Amen. Amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 2, let's look at verse 5. He says, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages or the time to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, in his kindness, towards you and I through Christ Jesus. For by grace, you and I are saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them, and Amplified said, taking the path that leads to the good life, that we can be good unto people, because God is so good to us. Amen? You know how you give a child something, you give them so much, you say, now share this with Johnny and Bobby and whoever shared with them, because you have, you have more than what you need, and sometimes the children want to hold it to themselves. And God said, I will be so good to you that you have, you have too much for yourself, you will have to share. You will have to give, and those are the path to the good life to give. But our topic today is you no know, covenant living, and by covenant living, we understand that look, he sent Jesus to die for us. Now, Jesus is our covenant maker, amen. He's the one to make sure the covenant is sealed and is satisfied. He said, because of Jesus, God said, now forever I can demonstrate my kindness to you. He demonstrated. But if you don't know what your faith is supposed to be resting upon, then it's difficult for you to have strength to believe God. Amen. Now, so let's move a little further in verse 11. He said, wherefore, remember that ye were, that ye being in time past were Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the common, what? Commonwealth. You see that? Commonwealth. Wealth supposed to be common for all of us. Amen. We have the commonwealth of Virginia, but if this is the commonwealth of Virginia, we shouldn't have no low income, you know, projects. You follow me? Now, it's, it's, it's common for some of them, but it ain't common for everybody. Amen. And God don't want you, your faith to be in the projects. 
God don't want your faith to be in, in, in on Doubt Boulevard. He, he don't want your faith to be in the wrong place. But he talked about the commonwealth of who? Of Israel. Now, see, see the, the places where he wants us to, to focus our attention. He says that, that we were strangers, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the what, covenants of promise, having no expectations and without God in the world. Now, why this is so powerful? Now, anytime you begin to desire something, but you desire it outside a covenant through Christ Jesus, he said, watch it, you are without expectations. You, you don't, see, see, expectations are only going to work in Christ Jesus in the covenant that God cut with Abraham of our forefathers, amen? He said, any time you, you uh, agree to be in agreement with yourself, he said, you, are, you have me in this world, but yet you won't see me in your life. You're in this world without God in it. Amen. Now, here he's actually talking about without God in it, but you could be believing God for something not based on covenant and God not in it. You just say, you just say, God, this is what I want. And you go after, but God's got to be, listen, you understand, you do have covenant rights to this. And as being a covenant keeper, we have to be covenant seekers. We got to know what our rights are. Amen. We have to truthfully, we have to find out what truthfully belongs to us. And as we understand that, we'll go after it, watch this, in God's character. Amen? Now, this is so powerful because we see so, I see so many Christians, well, believers or churchgoers, they are not experiencing what God has in store. They're trying to believe by persuasion, but they haven't persuaded themselves correctly according to promises. Now, you can say, I believe God, I believe God, I believe God. Even the devils believe. So we got to make sure we believe him based on a covenant that holds him obligated that now causes our faith to receive expectations and blessings from God. See, when you understand that God made a covenant with us, no matter what situation you are in right now, if you find where God has already agreed to take care of that matter or to make your life happier, make your life better, your faith come alive. Because sometimes we say, I'm going I'm to I'm pull on this scripture, and I'm going to get on this, and I'm going to do this and that. And you go through all these scriptures, but these scriptures are alive today because of what Jesus did for us. Paul said it like this, we are like men most miserable if we forgot that on the third day Jesus was raised from the dead. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, your faith won't even work unless it rests on that. So men, people around where they preach, they preach inspirational messages, da, 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 but we got to tag it back that God is obligated to bring us through. Hey, somebody say God is obligated to bring us through. Amen. He says, but I want to look at this again. He said that in times we were without Christ being aliens for the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, I want you to understand this now. God do not want us to be strangers of his covenant of promises. See, that's why when God said, I want you to have such and such, we have a difficult time receiving it because it's, a, it's strange to us. It's strange to us to have five homes. It's strange to us to have multiple vehicles that when you walk outside, you get kind of mixed up. You don't know which car to drive or which car to lend somebody else. It gets strange to us to live above the world system. It becomes strange to us to have our whole entire body healed and in perfect health. It becomes strange to us that, you know, when problems come our way, we still have victory over it. I believe that 
when children of God get on Facebook, we ought to be testifying what we found on in the book because we put our face in it. I don't believe that we should be the one on, on, um, on Facebook sharing all our, our blues and our sorrows. I believe we should be the one that decree and declare the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, instead of putting out that, I need you to pray for my child, you put out and say, hey, anybody out there need us to pray for your child? Because we already got the covenant of promises. Now, all of our children, our family, and all of us need prayer, but we have a promise, which is yes and which is amen. Only thing you and I have to do is stand on the covenant of agreement that God has already made available for us. Now, you look here in verse 12. He says that at that time we were without, excuse me, verse 13. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometime were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And he's talking about how, you know, that peace and how he made two, he made two, one, twain, one. And he presented us both to God. Amen. That God have access to us both. We have access to God. Amen. But notice something. It all comes back to Jesus' blood being shed. It don't have nothing to do with how long you prayed. It don't have nothing to do with how many church attendance services you attend. It has everything to do on the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember, God so loved the world. We learned this in Sunday school that he gave his only begotten son that the world through him might be saved. Not just go to heaven, but be delivered from all the crazy stuff that the world has to offer us. Right. And I truly believe that we can live healthier than the world. Yeah. We can drive better than the world. Amen. We can do better than the world. I believe we were, we're supposed to be the answer to the world. Right. Not looking towards toward the world for answers. Right. Amen. Yeah. Matter of fact, don't you know we're going to judge angels? Right. You mean to tell me you can't judge your circumstances? Hey, this too shall pass. We're not intimidated by what's going on right now. You've you got to know how to rightfully judge this situation. Why? Because you have a covenant with God. And in this day and time, we don't have time to, to sugarcoat no message or dilute anything and make it sweet and digestible for you. you got to wake up. We have to wake up to the covenant and grab a hold of it and do our part to seek it out. Amen? Amen. So this is what we got to understand now. So if it's too much for my faith, then it's too much for my reach. So I got to make sure that my faith is strong enough, founded on God's covenant, so I can reach all that God has in store for me. Amen. So I used to think that, you know, um, uh, goodness and things will happen according to time. I found out that it happened according to truth. <laughs> Once it becomes truth to you, then sometimes it takes a minute for truth to get there. Because Jesus said, you will continue in my word. And he said, watch it. He talked about, as you continue in my word, he said, then that word is going to become truth. Amen. But if you have no word, but if you don't continue in it, then it won't become true. Now, truth is actually this. Truth is reality. And what you accept is true. So when a doctor said that you have a certain symptom, you say, but I I can't accept it because that's not true to me. You follow me? That's not truth to me is that I'm healed. Truth to me is that I'm blessed coming in and blessed coming. See, that's true. But it would not become truth until you get the right word and watch it and continue in it. Amen. That's why we put the broadcast and teaching out there. But see, if you're more faithful, give your time to more in working in all these different areas. Sometimes you got to learn how to work your way out of a lie and work yourself into a truth. Amen. Because a lot of stuff that we accept in life that does not benefit you is not the truth. 
So we had to work ourselves out of the lie, what we thought, this is how life is, how marriage is supposed to be, this is how family is, this is all that we see on television. You got to understand, that is not true. The world just wants you to believe that. So we want to say God's word is true, but we don't have no problem coming to the church. When you come to the church and don't believe that God's word is true, you can help deceive the whole world. Amen. That's all. We let people know this is how people, Christians' lives are supposed to be. You know, it don't get no better than this. It don't get no better than a car. It don't get no better than a, a house. It don't get no better than a job. It don't get no better. Now, God said it gets much way better than that. Amen. Matter of fact, he said it gets so, so good, I can't even show it to y'all at one time. Amen. We got to believe God for the abundance. Amen. We got to believe him for the overflow. Amen. God said, I got so much. He said, you don't even have room enough to receive it. Ain't that something? He already said, he said, listen, I already obligated myself to the person who will honor me with the tithe. He said, do you do so? And you watch it, not just do it, but you accept it as true. He said, you won't have room enough to receive it. And I'll cause people to bless your house, to bless you, bless everywhere, everything to deal with you. He said, you ain't worried about nobody cursing you because they try to curse you. It's going to boomerang, come back on them. Amen. And so watch it. And when you understand this is a reality to you, you become a greater benefit to society. Why is that? Because you bless me, God going to bless you. But if it happens to be registered as truth to you yet, watch this now. Then you hinder that person from receiving that boomerang blessing that God will put on them by them blessing you. Amen. You got to understand, you are God's instrument in the earth to make someone else's life better. You are a instrument, not the instrument, but you are a instrument that God will use in the earth to make someone else's life better. Amen. All right. So wealth, God has given us. It is our inheritance that we have from God. It's our inheritance. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9 said, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that um, though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that through his poverty we might be rich. Amen. He, and he talks about, now we don't know something now, he talked about Jesus' poverty. And when Jesus walked on this earth, Jesus didn't lack anything. They want to know where he lived. He, he had the best clothes and, and people, they threw, they cast lots for his clothes and everything. And Jesus came on this earth as a man, watching that, just being in a man's suit. Watch this now. Watch this now. Just being in a man's suit, he became poor. So he said, listen now, I came in this suit so we can switch suits so you don't have to be poor no more. Let's see. see. He talked about living a life that's above human nature. He's not talking about, you know, you had 50 cents in the bank, then you got 50,000 in the bank or 50 million. That's not what he's talking about. Even though that'll play into it, but he said, "Listen now, because you can have fifty million in the bank and be de- and ready to die in fifty days. You follow me? Or can't see no further than five inches in front of you." He said, "I come that you might have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. That you live above the life of a regular person, higher than the Rockefellers, higher than Donald Trump, greater than those persons." Amen. And it's so important for us to understand that he became poor so that we might become rich. We've got to understand, having a covenant, inheritance, and riches doesn't have nothing to do with, with uh, accumulation of things. When somebody try to trouble you or try to irritate you or distract you and you remain undisturbed, you are rich. When somebody try to get you to compromise for you to have something that God already promised you, watch that, you understand, I'm already rich towards God. You don't make me rich, I'm rich towards him. 
that I'm depending on him through and by the relationship that I have, that he going to prosper me, he going to give me the increase. And right. hey, come on, talk to me now. See, we're rich towards God, not towards a job. Because life will always try to get you to compromise to get something that God can give you even greater. Amen. I said that he won't use a job. It all depends on how you receive it. Amen. A lot of people think, you know, hey, you know, um, you know, God don't want nobody working. He don't mind nobody working. Amen. As long as you're not depending on where you're working. And then you go to your next level. Somebody got to be out there to to be a light somewhere. Amen. And you know where we work is a lot of darkness. You talking about the harvest field? Just get on the elevator where you work. You got a got a lot up in that elevator. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And this is a good way to minister to a person on the elevator. If they hit, you going on the ninth floor and they going on the third floor. Say, do you really want to go down? You need to talk to them. Do you really know where you're going? Do you really want to go down there? See, it's, it, there's all types of ways to minister to people, man. <laughs> okay. Let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 6. The book of Hebrews in chapter 6. And let's focus our attention on verse 13. He says that, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessings I will bless thee and multiply I will multiply thee. And so after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained a promise, for men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation to them in all strife, mental debates. When God is willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs. Somebody say, that's me. The heirs are promised and mutually of his counsel. He confirmed it by an oath. He said, by two immutable things, it's impossible, first of all, for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation. That means our inner dwelling strength. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. And you go and you talk about Jesus, you know, after our minds will be steadfast like an anchor in the midst of storm. Because when you believe in God for something, you first thing you had to learn how to be disciplined, not to waver. Because you're going you're to experience a storm. Now, if some of you got a word from God or a scripture and you experience a storm, give me, give me your navigation route. Because every time I believe God for something, I come up, I come up against everything in hell. Amen. I come up against, you know, and then you find out who your friends are. You, you find out who's rolling with you. All these, and you think, wait a minute, this is about God. You understand the devil don't care. And who's not strong enough, he will use against you. Amen. And strength has nothing to do based on how long you've been in church. It has nothing to do with that. It don't have nothing to do based on how many sermons you preach. Amen. Strength has to do everything how you have found your faith on the covenant that is made available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. See, you know, see, one of the problems we made, we have made that we hold the blood covenant or the blood teaching until April. You follow me? Until what we call Easter or Resurrection Sunday, that we all, we all, yes, Jesus, thank you, Lord. But he said, but what about the, the, the former days? <laughs> you follow me? Okay, all right, let's get this down. So God made this covenant with Abraham. Matter of fact, he made this covenant with Abraham. He said, Abraham said, how should I know this thing going to be? And the first thing God did, he, he cut a covenant. God said, and through this covenant, he said, I'm just going to do this based on how you as men operate on the earth. You know, if you swear by a rock or you swear by a fish or you swear by a stone, or you swear by silver or gold, that, that determines the strength of your agreement. 
God said, I got to find the strongest thing, the greatest thing, the most wealthy thing, the most powerful thing, and that should be the strength of my agreement. So God looked all around. He said, I can't find nothing stronger and greater than myself. He said, I swear by myself. What men would do, they would lay their hands on a stump or lay their hands on a, 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 a loved one or they, they'll touch something and say, I swear by this, I'm going to do it. God said, look, I swear by myself. He said, I swear by, you got to understand, you got to take that out of scriptures. As though God is talking to you directly because he has. Then he said, I swear by myself that I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply you. Notice up, he said, and multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. He said, while I'm multiplying you, I'm going to multiply you. He said, when I'm blessing you, I'm going to bless you. He said, to so much, he said, you, got have, you cannot be human in order to receive it. You got to walk in your divine nature to receive it. Because see, angels, the Holy Ghost, and everybody in heaven, they used to stuff like that. But see, when you get like this, God said, listen, you understand, you got to come out of human nature to receive the abundance that I have in store for you. That's why he told Moses, he said, if I show you all my goodness in your human nature, it'll kill you. But in divine nature, you can handle it. It's supposed to be like this. <laughs> Somebody said it's supposed to be like this. <laughs> man, I love this type of teacher. Boy, I tell you, the Holy Ghost is something, man. I, good God, I tell you, man. He, he provokes you to stop being natural. To the point, he said, if your boat ever get filled up with water, that's the time for you to walk in your divine nature. He said, you, 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 you. he said, you're in a boat with a lot of water right now in danger. You still haven't sunk yet. It's supposed to sink. And the reason why it's not sinking, because the water knows who you are. Tell somebody, say, trouble knows my name. Listen to me very carefully. And when you know who you are, then you dominate all the trouble. Am I talking to the right people this morning? Oh, y'all want to sing a song? Oh, y'all want to sing hymn number 45. What you want to do? Look at this now. See, in order to bring a change in life and society, you have to operate in God's covenant where he's obligated to demonstrate that he's with you. Where he's obligated to demonstrate that he's with you. Amen. <laughs> because God just don't want the world to see stuff. He wants the world to see that you got a God that never leave you nor forsake you. He, he wants the world to see that he got a, that you got a God that loves you and like you. Ain't that something? Not only do God love us, but he like us. And he take pleasure in the prosperity of his people, of his servants. He take pleasure in that. Amen. All right, let, let's move on here. Now. Let's, let's go over here to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Good God Almighty. Boy, my legs are weak as water right now. That's what my grandma, my mama, and my sister said. My legs are weak as water. Amen. Good Lord, I tell you this. Mm-hmm. Colossians 1 verse 12. He says, giving thanks unto the Father. Somebody says, give God some thanks. Amen. Come on, give God some thanks. I ain't say say it. I said do it. Amen. He said, giving thanks unto the Father which have already made you and I suitable to take part or be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated to the kingdom of his dear son, 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, even for the forgiveness of sin. And see, a lot of times we call saints, this is what we call saints. I'm a saint because I don't drink. Come on, talk to me now. I'm a saint because I wear a long dress. I'm a saint because I get in the house before the sun go down. I'm a saint because I wear that little dolly on my head. I'm a saint because I got a track in my hand. I'm a saint because I'm condemning you of your sins. <laughs> Amen. But a saint to God is mean this. You're set apart. Watch this with a saint. A saint is this. A saint is one who has an inheritance. That means where they broke over here, I'm saint over here. You follow what I'm saying? So that means that the saint supposed to have no sickness. The saint supposed to have but no doubt and unbelief. The saint supposed to have no lack. That's the saint. The saint has no diseases. Amen. Because he's walking his sanctification. Sanctification has nothing to do with you not having, not having a child out of wedlock. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Sanctification is what Jesus has separate you and set you apart from the world taking over your life and you being swallowed up by the world, looking like the world, but still call on the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, watch, he said, I sanctify them by my truth. Jesus said, I sanctify myself, that they be sanctified. And by the truth of God's word, they sanctify. So the word of God will always separate you from what the world tries to offer you. Amen. It'll separate you. Amen. You're supposed to be a saint. Yes, you are. Amen. Well, you go in that doctor's office and everybody, you know, they went in last week when you went in, you know, the doctor said, gave us a da 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 well, he came, when you came in there, he said, well, your, your stuff different from the last time I talked to you. I don't know what happened. You know, it ain't going to happen because I'm a saint, doctor. Amen. Then what you diagnosed for me ain't going to happen because I'm a saint. I'm separated for that. But the saint is this. I have to receive my sanctification. Amen. I have to receive it. I have to receive my sanctification. That when crazy stuff happens, I've been set apart from that. Uh-uh. No, I've been set apart. I don't have to do it like everybody else did it because I'm set apart from that. That when Jesus came in, he tore everybody's religion up. He, tell, he, tell, he messed up everybody's religion. Amen. Because he was set apart from that. And religion has done a good job brainwashing people. Amen. All right, let's, let's go a little further here. But by his blood, we have became what? Partakers of his what? His divine nature. By his blood. Partakers. That means we take part of this, y'all. No matter what it looks like, no matter, you know, the numbers, it doesn't matter. You know? It doesn't matter. You know, people are going to pray against you. They want you to fall and not succeed. Everybody, people are going to do that. All the time. You got to get used to that. Yeah. I mean, you got to get, you got to, people you know, you got to get used to that. Those things are going to happen. But watch, you got to remain a saint and don't pay attention to it. Understand that God's covenant agreement with you is going to take care of that. Yeah. Amen. You know, just like, you know, I know I'm tagging her again. You know, she had her, her beautiful housewarming, you know, the other week and everything. Well, everybody ain't going to be happy with that later on when they can't get a house. Right. Then they get mad at your house. Really ain't mad at your house. They mad at their house because their house ain't like your house. That's what's happening. Amen. Yeah. And you got to listen. You got to get used to that. Everybody's not going to like you. Matter of fact, if everybody likes you, Jesus said, you are in the wrong place. He said, whoa. He said, whoa. He said, he said Look, everybody started liking you. He said, whoa. He said, something, something ain't right when everybody likes you. Everybody's not going to like you. But that doesn't mean you hold back 
what God like to give you or to do for you. Amen. I, I brag on Keyshawna for a minute because she got these big, majestic pine trees in her backyard. I said, Christmas tree, I said, just light it all. Just let it, just let everything be lighted up. Let them know God don't bless this place and you can't curse it. Amen. And also, this house is coming out of mortgage pretty soon. Amen. And when Angela out there selling houses and people can't sell three houses a year, she's selling 30 in a year. She said, I ain't worth going for to sell them 30 houses. Because you got real realtors out there not trying to put you in the house, but trying to put you in your home. A place where you can afford you and your family to be happy with. Amen. Because they don't have to compromise. Why? Because they got a covenant. <laughs> Matter of fact, even while you raising hell, God will give you a raise. When I say raise your head, you 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 pitching a fit, you're having a fit. God said, "Listen, this is this is quiet, you damn. <laughs> you just fussing and sometimes cussing." And God said, "Let me be good to you so you can shut your mouth up." He says, "God don't have no problem being good. He's trying to get you to hang in there." No, no, you fussing, so I subtract that from your life. God said, "God is nowhere else subtracted." It's a multiplier. Amen. And it'll make you be good. Ain't that something? He said, Johnny, be good. It'll make Johnny be good. Amen. It'll make you behave yourself because God is so good to you. Amen. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, man, Jesus is something else. He is something. He is so awesome. Amen. Whew, Lord, let me get through this. Look at this there. Amen. So we understand the increase don't come by um, time. It comes by truth. It come, right now, God is increasing you right now because you got the truth. He's making greater things happen in your life right now because you got the truth. See, you got to understand, once you accept and it is true, greater things are going to take place. Amen. See, I have this problem. This is the only problem I have. If I'm going to see a doctor and he's taking more prescriptions than the patient that he's about to examine. No, 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 no. I, I want you to mess with me, man. I don't mean no or you out of shape, and you're going to teach me how to use equipment at the gym. I said, no, nah, I don't think I said, no, I don't want to do that, because I don't see, I don't see no re- the right reality. Amen. See, you understand something. You got to be in a place where persons are experiencing or displaying the outcome that you want. All right, let, let me move on. I ain't time. Look at this thing. So the next thing is that through God's word, we must see. Somebody say see. You must see yourself possessing wealth. When I say wealth, we just not talk about things, all right, because we got to preach correctly because a lot of preachers don't mess this up, and people don't like preachers and they don't like churches because we talk about stuff. Amen. But we got to teach it correctly. So we just not talk about accumulation of things when we talk about wealth. Amen. He says, so therefore, we must see ourselves possessing wealth. If we cannot see it in God's word, then we can't possess it yet. We can't, we can't possess it yet unless we see it. Somebody said, well, y'all got to sit down and, 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 and go into a trance. No, no, you just got to change your pictures. That's all I'm saying. Because, see, watch this. Every time you go through something, you see something in yourself that's bringing your final outcome. It's called worry. <laughs> and worrying comes with an image. Uh, y'all going to leave me up here by myself. That's all right. That's all right. Worry comes with an image. And you start seeing that these things are going to happen. Well, I'm going to apply for this job, but they ain't going to give it to me. 
well, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, do this. That's why when you walk in the bank, you're not fully dressed. You think that's the way they see you. No, it's not. That's the way you see yourself. Amen. And it's so important to understand if God prompts you something, you've got to see it to receive it. You've got to see it in yourself. Amen. I see, I see us touching nations like never before. I told that pastor over there in other country, I said, send me the list of the concerns of the pastor there so while I'm here, I can be seeking God on the answers while I'm here. I'm looking for a multitude of people. I'm looking for everywhere I go, there'll be a multitude of people. And when I'm not in this pulpit, I'm looking for a multitude of people to be in here. I'm looking for to touch a multitude of people. I'm not, it's not based on present circumstances. It's based on me being over there while I'm standing right here. See, watch what I'm saying. You got to see the abundance while you're standing where you are right now. Don't wait for the picture to change before you get the picture. And that's the issue with most people. You can only see what's in front of you. And God says, step into your future prophetically, prophesy to your own mentality, get your amen, and be there while you're standing here. You understand what I'm saying? Look at this now. All right, so that's why the Bible said, he said, buy the truth and sell it not. Now, he now I'm talking about you just buy it, but you got to get books and all. You got you to keep yourself persuaded. When I'm going to do stuff, first I do, I go, I have all my stuff that bless me on YouTube or teaching. So I, have, I go right back to it. When I feel weak over here in leadership, I go straight back to it. Watch it. I get the truth back into me. When I have money problem, I go back to the teaching on money. When I have whatever type of issue, I go back to it. I keep what? Buying the truth, but don't sell it. Keep it back. I don't sit there and question God. I build myself up. Amen. Ain't got time to be sitting around filling my thumbs and waiting for something to change. I get involved with the change. Because you can sit there and complain about it, or you can command the change to happen through your covenant that you have with God. Through your covenant you have with God, you can command the devil to take his filthy hands off your family. But if you begging God to help your family, you are talking to God outside of covenant. Here I come. You should have said amen better than that. Because, see, you keep begging God to rescue your family instead of thanking God he has. According to God, that way say, thanks be unto him. God already know about your situation. That way he gave you a covenant. Well, he shows that he's obligated to bring you and your family through. Amen. And so you can go on a cruise, you go on a good cruise. I ain't talking about cruise control on your car. I'm talking about on a boat. I ain't talking about you going up and down the James River and eating some shrimp. I know he's talking bigger than that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you talk to God based on his covenant, watching them, now you started acting and thinking like you're a kingdom, you have kingdom personality. Because you're talking to a king based on a king's covenant. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You say, God, I thank you for this house that you're giving me. Why you stand in one house? Why do you need more than one house? Because somebody else is going to need a place to lay their heads. And you might not want them laying their heads in your house. Are you understand what I'm saying? It could be a family out there. It could be some type of business or something to that degree. Or cars and things to that degree. Well, you can help people. You can be a blessing to them. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Let, you, got, you got to hear me. If you have this covenant with God, you can easily teach it to other people. You can easily teach it to other people. But if you don't walk in this covenant with God, then it's dim- you can tell people, hold on until your change comes. 
till your change comes. But when the change is going to come, just hold on till it comes. But when it's going to come, when I know when to let go, but when it comes, but how do I get it to come? How do I get it out? You hold on to that covenant. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, hold on to that covenant. Look at this now. You have to understand that we have a great and mighty covenant with God. Say, I have a covenant with God. Look. So what a covenant is, a covenant, watch this now, a covenant is an obligation. And remember, it is God's, his, his agreement to watch us now. He said, I will give you power to get wealth that you may establish his covenant. Watch this now. So who, who, who is this covenant with? This, this covenant is with God. God made this covenant with us. God did this. Amen. Somebody say, God did this. Now, the thing I like is in verse, that's, no, I didn't give you the chapter, but Deuteronomy 8, 17, and 18, we talk about that a lot, right? But know what part we miss? We miss verse 19. That God said, after I demonstrate all my goodness with you, he said, don't forget. He's not just saying, don't forget that I'm the God who, watch it now, because you got so much that you don't need me. He said, don't forget how you got it. It was all based on what? A covenant. You see that? You got it based on the covenant. You got it based on the covenant. That's so important. You got it based on the covenant. He said, therefore, anything else you try to get in life because you have something, don't think you're going to get the next thing because you have what you have right now. You'll get the next thing because you have it. You're going to get it based on the covenant. <laughs> it's based on the covenant. That take the pressure off of you and make your faith stronger. Ain't it right? Make your faith stronger. Mm-hmm. Make your faith stronger. Hallelujah. Look at this now. Let's look at Exodus chapter 32. So since we had um, daylight saving time, we back an hour. Y'all want to stay an extra hour? You do? All right, let's do it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll be here, Pastor, mm-hmm, in the spirit. It'd be spiritual. No, you won't be spiritual. You'd be all right. Exodus chapter 32. Now, let me tell you something. When I'm preaching something, don't, don't get it twisted and take something the wrong way when I'm preaching something. Okay? Because one of the things the enemy wants to do, he wants to deceive you so he can turn your ears off. That's what he want to do. Just like say I, you know, I say, okay, you know, I talk about um, leaders coming in late. Now, Pastor Perrin, why you come here late this morning? Now, he was late. Amen. He was late. But do that make him a bad person? No. Well, it happens every year. Not with him. <laughs> it happens every year. Daylight saving time. It's like, okay, you just sleep. You just kind of like, uh, You follow me? It happens every year. It's something that happens. So if, if you're late, okay, as a leader, and I dress about you be, about being late, you don't take it personally. Because, see, God is speaking to everybody, and he's speaking about all this goodness. Don't take one little thing and then drop the rest of it. Amen. Because there have been times I've been late. And guess what? This is a shocker. There's some time I don't even want to come here. I don't even want to see you. <laughs> Can I tell you something else? You get on my nerves. I know you do because I get on yours. But we're going to grow out of that in covenant. Amen. We're going to get to that divine nature. 
Sometimes I think I get tired of it, but when I see you, I just so happy to see you. When I talk to you in the phone, I say, God, I just get on my nerves. When I see you, I, say, I just hug and love on them. Amen. If you know me as a pastor, sometimes you do something crazy up here, I'm going to be pastor when I talk to you. And I'm going to tell you what, you what you did and the way you did it wrong. See, I'm a sweet and sour guy. I'll be sour, then I come back and I'll be sweet. Because I know how, can I get a witness? You know I'll be sweet and sour. <laughs> Amen. I'll cut you up, then i come and buy you a brand new car. Amen. Somebody said, cut me up. I need a car right there. No. I ain't say what kind of car, though, did I? <laughs> I ain't say what size, either. <laughs> Compact and a little bit. A little <laughs> Amen. Amen. I remember the time. I, I, was, I was being so sweet to Tamanda when she was a, a little kid. I said, hey, boo-boo, Tamanda, boo Y'all have it. <laughs> I said, you want, want me to put you on TV? On TV? She said, yeah. I said, come here. I picked her up. I put her right on the television. Boy, I tell you, I was, that was something. But we had some days. And, but anyhow, let's move on. Enough talk about her. Amen. Um, oh, Jesus. Okay, Exodus 20, um, 32, 9-4. I'm just going to elaborate on it for the sake of time. And this is after they, they build this golden calf. That's why I'm going to tell you, if you are in any type of business, listen to me, you're in any type of business or you got a job that's making you a lot of money, make sure you don't depend on it and give it all your attention. Because there's some people, one lady, um, came, uh, a job, uh, business offer came across my desk. She said, yields is ROI, da, 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 da. I said, let me tell you something. I don't know you that well, but I can tell you have been in this industry long. Based on the interest rate, the ROI, this company is going to last for so long. You got to come in big. You got to get out quick. That's what's going to happen with that. She said, no, no, no. I said, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you, that's not going to happen. It don't work that way because that's not how you do this. I've been in this for a while. Some people want so much, they want so much, they want so much, they can't see that they, they begin to worship a system. They begin to worship a business. They begin to worship a job. And watch this now. They got so in tune with this because most of them want to know what was going on. He said the people are singing and dancing because of this golden calf. Then Moses asked Aaron, well, how did the calf happen? Uh, Aaron said, uh, uh, what happened, Moses? What um. He said, the people asked for a gold earring and some gold chains and some gold. He said, I took it. He said, out of the fire came this calf. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Why he didn't say he molted it? Aaron said, out of the fire came this calf. He said he, he, he constructed this thing, but out of the fire came this calf. Because he know Moses about to light him up in a minute. And know what God said? God said, listen, Moses, these people getting on my nerves. He said, I'm going to destroy them. He said, I'm going to let the, the, the hot of my wrath, the, he said, just tear them up. And know what Moses said? He said, you can't do it. <laughs> God said, what you mean I can't do it? He said, because if you do it, then know what Egypt going to say? Egypt going to say that you brought increased international ministry all the way over here and to destroy them. That's what they're going to say about you, God. Now, you mean to tell me God ain't know that? He knew that. Watch this now. Then... He said, and also the reason why you can't do it, he said, because you told their fathers and their forefathers that you will promise them and you will bring them out and into. He said, since you said, you can't do it. And know what the Bible said? And the Bible said, and God repent. Watch this now. God knows all. He was just demonstrating that he's faithful to his own word. 
Ain't like God said he saw he had to go to the altar <laughs> and confess his sin. Now, what are you talking about? God would just demonstrate that he's faithful to it. Even if he wanted to do it, he cannot do it. Amen. And he's faithful to his word. And watch this now. But this is the part I, uh, extra part I want to pull out is this. Is that Moses did not panic. Know why? Because the first thing that Moses did was to address the covenant. See, if you don't address your covenant, you're going to have a season, moments of panicking. But Moses said, you're not going to, you can tell the people, no, you ain't taking nothing from me. No, this ain't going to happen. No, I ain't going to die. No, I ain't going to be sick. Why? Because the first thing that comes to my mind is my covenant. And that's a watchword to us today, that the first thing that be, should be on our mind is our covenant. When you have money problem, the first thing should come to your mind other than getting an extra job because, it, you know, the holiday season gets extra cash. Won't you open your mouth extra? Come on. You're using it anyhow. Open your mouth extra and decree and declare what? The covenant promises of God. Make a faith demand on the seeds that you have already sown. And stand there and let the devil know I am not intimidated. Because you're about to experience an Elsa die. You're about to experience a God who's more than enough. You got to, come on, guys, you got to hear me now. You got to stand in covenant and understand I can buy Christmas gifts for even people I don't know or you don't even like. And you go around tipping people and loving on people. That's the greatest time to evangelize. Because it's music in the air. It's laughter in the air. And people have rum in their coffee, so they're easy to listen to you. Ain't it right? <laughs> look, man. Right, let me see. Look, man. I got to be more uh, May I have your attention? One time, I was in Starbucks. And the lady took the cup off a customer's um, cup, took the top off. She said, whoa, what's up? <laughs> that joker had rum up there. He just wants some coffee mixed with it. But when she took that lid off, that rum came all through. She said, good gracious, man. You just, you just mix it all up in there. That's what he did. Yeah. Amen. You know, everybody's merry and hard, and everybody's having a good time. Why? Because they are intoxicated. Did he say intoxication at the pulpit? Yes, it did. I just said it in the pulpit. Because people get intoxicated. You know why they get intoxicated? Because they're intoxicated with cares. Because you could be so intoxicated with cares, you could walk like a drunk, drunk, drunk man, staggering. Bumping up to stuff, making bad decisions, poor judgment. Because you're intoxicated with your children, your money, tired of your job, this and all these different things. God said, but you got a covenant. Stay on that covenant. Tell your neighbor, stay on that covenant. Amen. I can't go no further than that. I could, but I'm not going to go no further than that. I just want to just um, minister for three minutes in this area is that in your own personal time, make sure that you make sure that God's covenant is first and foremost in your mind. And this feeling that you're feeling in the atmosphere today, all that is is a shift for you to shift. That's all it is. We should know by now it's just a shift for us to shift, to go to the next level. Look at, look at the platforms that God is laying before us. Look at the things that happen. 
He said, I don't see a way. God said, I am the way, and I'll cut a path for you, and then others will follow you. Amen. You are in the best place and the best time of your life right now. You know why? Because I've been praying, and God has been talking. Thank you for tuning in to the Increase International Ministries broadcast today. We pray that the Word of God has richly blessed and transformed your life. To know more about us, you may visit our website at increaseinternationalministries.com or connect with us on Facebook at Increase, capital I-N-T, apostrophe L, Ministries or contact us by phone at 804-658-4896. Remember, wherever you go, may increase in favor flow.